Now number one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Sports Station 1460 KX0 with you until noon, 15 minutes away. Dave Sinek and the headcheese.com. You Packer fans out there, get a Packers and a Niners preview. Right now, let's get Nick Athen in here. Uh, Nick writes and uh, has a, an executive role at primetimesportstalk.com. Nick Trenton Ken, how are you? Trent and Ken, I'm doing fabulous. How about you guys? Doing well, doing well. Hey, you know what? Before we get into the game, uh, primetime sports talk. I go there, mm-hmm. you know, periodically. I think you guys do a nice job over there, Nick. You certainly got a lot of sports covered. How's the site doing? No, it's doing really great. I mean, we've just uh, we've got. I think our staff's up to about seventy writers. Our goal is to get at least a couple hundred uh, in the fold this year. Um, you know, we just kind of concentrate on all sports. You know, we don't. Uh, you know, we just. Baseball, football, basketball, whatever we're thinking. A lot of young guys, you know, kind of when I started in the business, you know, somebody gave me a chance over at Pro Football Talk, or it was NFL Talk at the time, and they gave me a job with no experience, some kind of return in the favor, and and they're really enjoying the process. Yeah, good for you. Happy to happy to see that working out like it is. Well, this uh, we've seen this game before. Granted, the game was uh, uh, the Chiefs were on the road. Tennessee with a late touchdown, right? It was a late touchdown. I'm pretty sure that uh, that got him. I know Derrick Henry had a long run in the game. Derrick Henry's had a lot of long runs this year. Let's start with him. How do the Chiefs? Or can they uh, try and shut down a guy who's uh, really had a good of a postseason as anybody in the NFL for my money? How will they try and li- limit uh, Derrick Henry, who last time the two teams play ran uh, for a buck eighty-eight? Yeah, that was kind of the game that turned his season around because he hadn't had a hundred-yard performance until facing the Chiefs. And uh, I think one of the things you saw, I mean, Chiefs were dealing with some injuries at the time. But I think the biggest issue was is that they were not filling their gaps defensively. And so what was happening is he was sliding, you know, if it was bottled up in the middle, he would just cut back. And if you look at the if you look at the, the, the Patriots game and if you look at the Ravens game, a lot of his big gashes were he started up the middle but cut back because, you know, opposing defenses weren't filling the gaps. So if the Chiefs just simply fill their gaps and game tackle, <clears throat> which I think is really the only way to defeat Henry Enforce Ryan Tannehill, who all of a sudden has become the next John Elway, according to some experts. <laughs> um, you know, I, that's how you stop him, and you got to hit him. You know, whether it's uh, Matthew or Sorensen or Clark or, you know, it doesn't matter who. You hit him in the mouth a couple of times, and then we'll see. I mean, it's going to be cold. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I certainly think that favors the Titans running game in the fourth quarter because it's, you know, you get hit with a brick. I mean, you're going to feel it. Um, but, you know, I'm one who believes that, you know, he can be stopped. He was stopped for eight games this year before he kind of started to go on a tear. 
so there's enough game film, and I think if the Chiefs just, you know, with Spags are really smart, you know, stack the box, but don't stack it enough where you're susceptible to the play action. Um, I'm not as concerned about this game as I was against the as, against the Texans. So for me personally, you know, flame the gaps, hit him, force Tannehill to beat you. If Tannehill beats you, fine. But you know, they, the Chiefs have to stop one man versus the Titans defense. It's got to stop about six or seven. You know, you mentioned the uh, game last week with Houston, and looking <laughs> back at those two AFC games. Two quarterbacks that are ultra-competitive, ultra-talented in Mahomes on the winning side and on the losing side, the other home team, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. But the difference between those two guys in a tight spot, you saw Patrick Mahomes, they kept cutting to him, and he's imploring his team to stay in it, to keep their head up, and Lamar Jackson certainly didn't feel like he had that same kind of confidence. Is, is that something that grows? Is that something that maybe concerns you looking on the other side, Lamar Jackson, a guy maybe you're going to have to deal with for the next decade? A negative yeah, I mean, demerit was, for him? Sure, it's a big demerit. I mean, he was you know doing f bombs on the sidelines, and you know he wasn't talking to his offense. He wasn't talking to his coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, listen, I, I've said this on your show before. I, I thought he was overrated. He's one dimensional. The guy can't throw the ball. If, if any team forces him to throw the ball, the Chiefs beat him twice by forcing him to throw the football. You know, then you know you're going to have better success. But you know, this kind of goes back to. You know, a lot of talk about Mahomes and, and, you know, the leader he's become, but this goes back to the AFC Championship game. The tirade that he imposed upon his football team in that locker room after that game was what I was told was beyond epic, indicating and stating emphatically that we will never be in this position again. We will never lose this game again at home. We will never do this to the fans. We're better than this. And what did he do? He devoted his entire offseason – he worked every single day. They break the huddle at, for the, with the word Super Bowl. He led on the sidelines. He kept everybody calm. He said exactly what needed to be done. McCole Hartman makes a play. Sorensen makes a play. I mean, when Sorensen when, when when Sorensen made that play, the game was Unbelievable. over. Unbelievable. Yep. It was over. So I think the leadership of Mahomes, even the leadership over Watson, what was Watson doing on the sidelines when they're up 24 nothing? Pointing at him and putting his arms up. You know, the head coach knew this game wasn't over. But, the, but some of the Texans players thought it was a done deal. So you have to lead by example on and off the field, and I don't think there's a better quarterback leader. You know, maybe Tom Brady, um, you know, probably in that same category because he's done it for 20 years. But Breeze. Is done. Yeah, Breeze. In two, full, in two full seasons, look at how far this kid has come. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and I just think, look, he is not going to let these fans down Sunday. I don't care what anybody says about the Titans or the feel-good story, or the team in the moment, or Henry, or anything else. And my gut, my, my, my soon-to-be 60-year-old gut here pretty soon, <laughs> I've been with this team since day one, and I just think it's their time. Yeah, it certainly feels like it. And here's the thing, Nick. It, it better be, because Mahomes isn't going to be on that rookie contract forever, <laughs> and we know what that does, right? I mean, look at Seattle. Look, uh, Russell Wilson is still really good, uh, but he doesn't have as many parts around him because he got paid, and soon Mahomes is going to get paid, and he's going to yep. blow by what Russell Wilson is making. So the window's open now for this Chiefs team. Just because of the simple fact that they can't keep everybody, uh, that uh, that bill's going to be coming due here. Yeah, but here's 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 the other issue that with that though. I mean, I agree with you a thousand percent. He's going to get forty million guaranteed. Probably will. You know, it's going to be it's going to be structured as far as you know per year. It's going to be structured in the same way that Brady is. It's always going to be renegotiated every couple of years. Um, I can tell you this about Mahomes, and and you know, I'm, I'm I know some people in this camp pretty well. 
And uh, he's not going to – he doesn't have to be the highest-paid quarterback. He wants a good team around him. Mm-hmm. He's team first. He's getting his money. His endorsement deals after he wins the Super Bowl this year are going to be even better, even more lucrative than they were uh, last year. As long as he and branches think, off further than the high V commercial because I've had enough well, of it. Well, you know, he's, he's got a few. Yeah. I think I – think, trust me, Allstate is putting all their chips on. And yeah, there's, Packers yeah he's Bowl. doing that one, yeah. But he's he, – he's, he's, He's not going to break the bank to the point that they couldn't add Chris Jones. And I've already, I've already been told there's a couple of players, prominent players, who I've talked to agents that said indicated that they're coming to the Chiefs next year. And even if they have to take less money to win a Super Bowl, because the Chiefs are going to be the team, the Chiefs are going to be 50-50 of winning the Super Bowl every year for the next five, maybe six years. I think after that, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of, of what, what falls thereafter. But for the next five years, if I'm an NFL free agent, I have a 50-50 chance with Mahomes that I'm getting to a Super Bowl. Mm, you forgot and about Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the savior. Yeah, well, yeah, the savior. Well, he's got to get along with his new offensive uh, offensive coordinator, which I don't think is going to be very easy. I'll tell you that backstory another day. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see. Go ahead, Trent. Well, you know, Nick, I love the Chiefs this week. I, I do, too. Everything that I look at analytically, yeah. what I've seen with my eyes, love and – just the one lingering doubt is Andy Reid in these games, and, and he's had really talented teams in this spot. Yep. Past, is it a predictive of the future? We will see, but that's that's really the only thing that I'm hanging out here because sure. they are better to than Tennessee. The, the way they're playing is a whole lot better. Uh, th- does that linger at all for you, Andy Reid, in these championship games? You know, I, 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 I painfully watch, watch the uh... – Patriots Chiefs game yesterday from the from the championship, and there are three things that stood out that Andy Reid took no blame for. Number one, deep board was offsides. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. that's number one. Number two, Stephen Nelson at the end of the first half doesn't turn around and bat a ball away that turns into seven points, makes it fourteen to nothing. If they kick a field goal back right there, Chiefs win that football game with a comeback. You know, and lastly, the Chris Jones penalty on the phantom hit on Tom Brady that extended the third down. Okay, those three things are not Andy Reid's fault. If any one of those three things happen, and there's a list of probably, I made a list of like ten things, that if any one of those ten things had happened, the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, they have learned from this, and I'm I'm buying into, you know, his woeful record. If you look at any of these major losses by the Chiefs, look at the Colts meltdown. The defense gave up. There are players like Tarbahal Lee and Justin Houston that just stopped playing up 28 points. The tip ball against the Titans. I mean, those are not Andy Reid's faults. Now, some game management stuff in Philadelphia and all those things, absolutely. But if you've noticed since the Titans game, Eric Bieniemy's got more of an input in the offense, and Patrick Mahomes has more of an input in the offense. That hasn't happened to date, so a lot changed. So it, with all that said, this is Andy Reid's time. This is the best football team he's ever had. This is the best quarterback he's ever had. And I just don't think those guys in the locker room are not going to win this game for him and for Norma Hunt and Clark Hunt. And I'll be crying like a baby when that happens. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I know the feeling, Nick, and I and I didn't uh, be first to say. Yeah, look, they might see D Ford in a couple of weeks, right? They'll they'll see their former teammate uh, with the with the Niners because I think both favorites are going to win. Anyways, we'll save that for down the road, Nick. Uh, let's uh, let's talk next week. Um, okay. Because I, I I I have a feeling they're going to be preparing uh, for the Niners and we'll be doing so before they head to uh, to Miami. We'll we'll find some time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Nick Athen. Enjoy the game. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Nick Athen, uh, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Do you? I mean, I like both favorites, Trent. You like? Do you, th- you can take the points with the Packers? I'm going to play not for our picks, right. but this is how I'm going to play the Kansas City game against uh, against the Titans. I'm probably going to put a little touch on the Titans money line, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to play one of the extended lines and lay fourteen and a half or more, depending on the numbers. I think either the Chiefs blow them out. And if it's tight, I think the Titans win. Hmm. I think it's going to go one or two directions. I don't see, I don't see them winning twenty-seven sixteen. Do you yeah. like a two-team teaser? No, not as much. Okay, because because I still have more hope than you do on the Packers. No, I'm rooting. Well, not rooting. I would love to see the Packers get there. I have I not hope, but I believe that this is going to be a good game. Uh-huh. We got our picks coming up. We might be different. All right. We will come back. Uh, Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com will opine on the Packers. We'll preview Packers versus Niners. Before we do that, it's time to help pay your bills with iHeartRadio and 1460KXNO. Text the keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now. That's your chance to win a grand. TAXI to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Packer conversation next. A Claxon's barbecue to give away before we get out of here at noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Claxon's Barbecue to give away in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Let's get Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com. It's the Packers and the Niners for an opportunity to represent the NFC two weeks from Sunday in Miami. Dave, Trent, and Ken. Uh, I hope, I know you were scheduled to be in Des Moines today, Dave Sinekin. I hope your plans changed, did they? Because we are experiencing a blizzard. Yes, uh, we pushed it back to uh, early next week. Good. So, um, yeah, we, we're about to get hit with the same storm in the next couple hours, so I'm staying put. Yeah, don't blame me a bit. Don't blame me a bit. Well, uh, we've got football on Sunday if it lingers and can't wait for both of these football games. You know, I want to go back to late November when uh, the Packers uh, went west and, and played at Levi Stadium and uh, the Niners put it to them. I, was, was, I think they only scored one touchdown in the football game, the, uh, the Packers. What went wrong that day, Dave, as you think back? How much time you got? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um no, it look, it's uh you can always say it's one of those games, but the Packers uh you kinda ran into a buzzsaw that night. That was a game where, as you might recall, Aaron Rodgers fumbled inside the ten yard line early to, to put the Diners up. Then Brian Bulaga goes down in the second series and at that point Green Bay's roster just they didn't have a backup tackle. That was just a real hole on the roster. And so when he went down, it was just you know, basically a mad rush from the right side to attack Aaron Rodgers, and, and the offense never recovered. It was a game where they didn't convert a third down until Tim Boyle was in mop-up duty at the end of the game. They mm. were 1-for-15 on third downs. It was just a game where everything 
went wrong. And even to that, you know, the score looks ugly at 37-8. If you recall, up until the final minute of the first half, Green Bay's defense was holding San Francisco to field goals for the most part, and it was still a you know pretty close game. And then a couple scores within about a minute blew it open. It was 23 nothing, and the game was over. It was a, a turning point for the Packers. They haven't lost since that night. Um, in that game, they gave up two touchdowns of 40-plus yards, and the real talking point about this defense was, yeah, they can rush the passer, but they give up explosive plays. But But since that game, They've given up just one touchdown of 20 or more yards the last seven weeks. Granted, they haven't faced a lot of terrific offenses and great quarterbacks until last week, but the defense really has taken a big step. It was kind of a game where they kind of hit rock bottom. The defensive players met privately after that game without coaches to kind of figure things out. Everything's kind of changed for the Packers since that awful night. Brian Bulaga, where are we at with him with the illness that he has dealt with and uh, a team that has been incredibly healthy this year? Did I hear rumblings that maybe it's sickness, not just with Bulaga, but starting to go through that locker room? Oh, he went through the locker room big time last week. And the one player this week who has been most effective is Geronimo Allison. But I practiced yesterday. All 52 players who were uh, in uniform were able to practice. And Bulaga's practiced fully. He's, He's recovered from it. Yeah, it was a nasty bug going through the, the Packers' locker room last week. I think they've, they're, they're through the worst of it. But really, this is about as healthy a football team as I've ever seen championship week. They have wow. every player available to practice, either full or limited. They've been real careful with uh, the veterans they have, not really working those guys too hard. But um, Flores should have everybody at his disposal, however he wants to go about attacking the 49ers. You know, it can be such, football can be such a tight-knit community, right? And the Matt LaFleur, Robert Sally uh, connection, the defensive coordinator, the offensive, I mean, the head coach and the play caller for the Packers. Uh, I mean, these guys grew up in the game together. Uh, does, does, I mean, is it overblown that one of them would know each other's tendencies? Day. I mean, it's been a long time since they, I, I would think anyways, or got inside each other's playbooks or each other's heads. Do either of them have an edge? I don't know. I think it cancels out. I mean, Matt LaFleur's younger brother is on the offensive staff for the 49ers. I mean, it's about as incestuous as, incestuous as it gets. Yeah. Uh, you know, and let's not forget that uh, LaFleur worked under Sean McVay. He's, he's chewed on McVay's ear a lot this week because they've had some pretty good success going up against the 49ers. All these coaches have such histories that they know each other's tendencies. There's a chess game as you try to outsmart what you think they think you're thinking. Um, I think both these teams and both these coaches, both Sala and LaFleur, know what the other team does best and where it, where it can be attacked. And I think, uh, you know, I think it all kind of cancels out. So Kyle Shanahan does a really good job playing call as a play caller. You, you've seen that, obviously, throughout his career. A lot of crossing routes, play action passing, those types of things. And, of course, George Kittle and what he did the first time out there, a big part of all that. What concerns you most as you look at them? The number of running backs that they can throw out, you guys that can do things in a very different ways. When you look at what the Packers' defense needs to do in this one, what do they have to gear up most in your mind? Well, I think they have to get Garoppolo into third-down situations and make him be a part of the offense. If they're able to run the ball down the Packers' throats, which I think you know they feel like they can, and it wouldn't shock me if they have success running the football between Mostert and Coleman and Breida, you've got three really nice running backs, mm-hmm. and they do such a good job of getting Garoppolo into third and two, second and ones, and, and making his life a whole lot easier. So I think Green Bay has to be really good on first down. Uh, doing the job against the run, to, to put the ball into Garoppolo's hands because 
look, top to bottom, the Niners roster is stronger than Green Bay's. Uh, the Packers, I think, have the best receiver in the game, the yep. best running back in the game, um, and they certainly have the best quarterback. So if, if the defense can make Garoppolo make a couple mistakes and keep this thing a one-possession game into the fourth quarter, well then, you know, Packer fans will feel they have some hope because they got a magician that can uh, can do his thing when it matters most. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, do you think that the Niners will tr- will move Sherman all over the field? He seems to be on that left side most of the time. I guess where I'm going, will will Adams exclusively see Richard Sherman in this football game, do you think? I don't think so to start. I think they're going to say, you know, we believe in our defense and mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to put Sherman on the the right side where he or you know, the offensive right side where he's comfortable yeah. and and let him do his thing. And if, if Adam starts killing us, then maybe we, we move Sherman to wherever he goes. But no, I think they're a little more arrogant. They're going to be like, we don't have to change what we want to do. You just go ahead and do your thing. Move Adams around. We'll be able to cover him. Um, it, it's, an, it's a really intriguing thing to be able to have a guy like Sherman that you can make that decision and say, all right, you just take 17 and, and follow him around. And look, let's be honest, there has not been a lot of production at the wide receiver tight end outside of number 17 lately. So if I'm San Francisco, I'm putting a lot of attention on Devontae Adams on Sunday night. It's a story, though. I'm happy it hasn't become an overwhelming story. Aaron Rodgers returning home, going to North Cal, mm. and a team that had an opportunity, obviously, to take him past as many teams did before he fell to the Packers in the 20s uh, way back in whatever year that draft was. is a long time ago now. <laughs> oh, five. It's... it's uh, I don't know. It's a story that I don't know how much credence it has, but for Aaron Rodgers individually, it has to be special this late in his career and a chance to do it close to home. Oh, for sure. Look, he's he's played the Niners in the playoffs before, and uh, San Francisco's gotten the Packers number the last couple times, and um, he knows his his mortality is is in front of him, and he also knows that this was his boyhood team, the team that could have drafted him number one. That's always in the back of his mind that. You know, he was a Joe Montana fan as a little kid. This was his team. And to go back to that area and uh, advance this team to the Super Bowl, it, it, you know it means a lot to him. And, look, we saw Aaron Rodgers of old last week. That was his best statistical performance since the Super Bowl. It's all about third downs, as, as bad as they were the first time against San Francisco. Uh, that's how lethal he was last week. And if Green Bay has a chance Sunday night, he's going to need that same third down effectiveness that he had against Seattle against a much stauncher defense a much tougher pass rush but he's motivated uh he knows maybe this team wasn't expected to get here you always hope to get to this point but a whole lot lot of stuff's got to fall your way to make it happen you don't uh, know when it's going to happen again and uh it's his fourth nfc title game they've all come uh what one and three uh, on the uh, three of the last four on the road so he's had to go on the road for these games and you know he won in chicago but he lost the last two mm. and it would mean the world to him to get back to the big game when no one really expected it. The fact that it's in San Francisco, I think that makes it more special for him. Yeah, I didn't expect this to be the year, I'll be honest, Dave. I didn't think this was going to be it. <laughs> but they've been, Yeah, they were all good to hear. You know, for me, where I sit, it's Bakhtieri and it's Balaga and uh, Lindsey and Jenkins. Who am I miss? Billy Turner. Uh, it's the offensive line because this, this defensive front for the Niners, now they get D Ford back and we know how quick he is. And Nick Bosa is the rookie of the year. And I think DeForest Buckner is a handful, uh, as I'm sure most do. Defensive line, and we say games are won or lost in the trenches. I think that this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, I do too. I think Green Bay um, on the outside is set up to have pretty good success as much as you can against Ford Bosa. Those guys are so quick and talented. Um, I think where San Francisco feels like they have the advantages uh, against Billy Turner, who 
tends to struggle when he sees stunts and all kinds of weirdness in front of him uh, as those guys move around. And if suddenly Bosa's inside in front of Turner and they're moving the guy behind him to get past him, that's the concern I think Packer fans have is the interior of the offensive line, specifically on Turner's side. I think that's where they're going to attack the Packers' offensive line. And, and I think Rodgers is going to move a lot out of the pocket uh, as they've seen success. So you saw Seattle has had success against San Francisco that way. Even Atlanta, when they got the win in San Francisco, they moved uh, Ryan around a little bit and didn't have him as a statue. Uh, I really think uh, Rodgers' legs are going to be huge in this game, and they have to get Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. He hasn't done much of it lately. Such a weapon, and against that aggressive pass rush, I think there are yards to be had with number 33 as a receiver. Uh, so mm. I'm going through some notes here, Dave. Last thing for you, and uh, for if you don't know, our listeners certainly do. I'm a degenerate gambler. But one thing I rarely look at <laughs> is referee crews. And I was yep. looking at, and part of the package I was reading was about John Hussey's crew, who throws one of the fewest flags in the league, including offensive holding penalties, which are the second fewest as a crew that they do. That's got to be something that is talked about in the offensive line meetings at the very least, isn't it? Or am I completely crazy here? Oh, absolutely. I, I think the offensive line was doing high fives when they saw that with the crew coming in, especially knowing who they have to go up against. Yes. They're going to be yeah. a little tug here, a little, uh, uh-huh. a little hold there. So, no, I and I think fans like that, too. Nobody wants to see the yellow flag every three plays. Um, look, it's uh, it's going to be uh, which which pass rush is the most damaging. Green Bay statistically has been a better pass rush than San Francisco this year as far as getting to the quarterback. So there's not a huge advantage as much as it's being talked about for San Francisco, but um, – uh, I think the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make some plays, and I think uh, a pick or two just might turn this thing. Uh, away from the game, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you're snowed in, so let's get the blog up, thehedcheese.com. Would you please? Yeah, I'm working on it. All right, working all right. Uh, the next thing, Dave, uh, you've been at K-Fan for, for 24 years. You've been doing Packer preview. Um, you've been there a long time. As you know, um, we get an FM signal starting next Tuesday, which is really exciting. Now, KFAN did that a few years back. How big of a difference moving through to a simulcast from the having an AM and an FM to broadcast sports talk in the Twin Cities? How big of a difference did it make there? Maybe we can, you know, some of uh, we can experience the same thing that happened to our sister station in the Twin Cities. It's just such great news. I was so happy to hear it for KXNL because it's. It's like stepping into the 21st century. Right. It, it changed everything for KFAN once they moved from AM 1130 to FM 100.3. And the main reason they did it then was they couldn't keep the KFAN call letters uh, on the unless you know, if they want to go to FM, they had to change the call letters. So they're actually KFXN hmm. officially now to allow to be on the FM dial. And it's probably been eight or ten years since KFAN moved to 100.3. Yeah. And um, I, I can't even quantify the jump in ratings. It's it's been a top performer with adults 2554 in this market for eight to ten years and wow. it's a ratings juggernaut ever since they moved to FM and, and again the, the, the programming up here is remarkably good we've had the same local mm-hmm. shows the four shows for 20 years now and it's not just sports it's all kinds of stuff it appeals to a lot of people and, yep. and moving to FM changes everything so I'm really excited for your not only for your talent, but for your listeners that will find you guys now because the AM is just such an antiquated thing that stations that stay on that AM side have a really hard time competing. That's why you can lose great talent. So I think it's going to change everything. It's going to 
be a whole new day for KXNO, and I'm excited for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Dave Sinek and TheHeadCheese.com. Packer fans, you can read his blog, well, in, in a few hours by the sounds of things, right? Yeah, I'd kind of like to wait for the final injury report okay. so I know if, if anything crazy has happened, but uh, I'm working on it. It'll be up before the afternoon's out. Good stuff, and you'll be on the air Sunday morning on KFAN? Yep, Sunday morning, KSN. You can find it on iHeartRadio. Just uh, look up Packer Preview or on at 7 a.m. or whenever you feel like podcasting. Well, if you have some time in your, when you're in our city next weekend, swing by at uh, 10 to noon. Trent and I would love to see the whites of your eyes, Dave Sinekin. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks. I hope to have a little Super Bowl preview chat with you guys in the next couple of weeks. Cannot wait, my friend. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Dave. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, headcheese.com. Dave Sinekin on the Packers and the Niners. Yeah, it's, I think it's a, well, I think I'll use Andrew Downs' term. It's a game changer is. is what it is. And you just heard firsthand from a guy experienced up there at KFA and the same shows for 20 plus years. Isn't that amazing? It really is. I've, like I, I said yesterday uh, when I was in two to four, and I, that's what I opened the show when I was up there for the final four. And that was one thing that was told to me is what you guys do different because I mean, it is a behemoth, mm-hmm. not, not for a sports station, for a radio station. Right. It brings in monster right. numbers. So what'd you do? We flipped to FM. Mm-hmm. That's it. Did I see that they were the number one rated sports station in the last in the, book? Yeah, in the country. In the country. Not yeah. in Minneapolis. Yes. In the country. The country. Our friend Paul Allen, PA, did the Wild last night. Oh, did he? He is prepping. He's got a couple of road games. Well, we know Joe O'Donnell. I guess the Wild, obviously, they're replacing, or their radio guy is retiring, is is my assumption. Okay. And they're trying to find... Now, Paul's not going to be the voice of the of the Minnesota Wild, but he's going to do a couple of games. He's going on the road. He's actually got a... I like a February game in Winnipeg, poor oh. bastard. <laughs> of all, I mean, Joe O'Donnell gets the West Coast swing, right? Gets to go to L.A. and Anaheim. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and P.A. gets saddled with... I think Winnipeg cut, in February? Yeah, there's a couple of Canadian markets he's doing, but uh, anyways. It looks like Winnipeg in February out you there know, right now. Man, does it ever. All right, let's do this. We will welcome the first four callers at 284-5966. 284 the championship games, uh-huh. the Hawks, yes, the Clones, uh-huh. and the tiebreaker is going to be total points in both championship games. Want to do that? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. So both AFC and NFC championship games, total points between the two games. Between the two games. So 100 and... 100-ish. 100-ish, yeah. 284-5966. If you're getting the ring, that means you're in. Trent and I will give away Claxon's Barbecue, give you an opportunity to win Claxon's Barbecue next. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 146... Miller and Condon, final segment of the week. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Time to give away some barbecue. Claxon's Barbecue, 3131, 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. In business in Altoona for over 20 years, approaching 25 years serving barbecue. When you get it right and you do it well, you're going to survive. And Claxon's has certainly done that. We're going to give you four games and a tiebreaker. If you get the most right, you'll get a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up will get 25 Jim, Tom, Ronnie, and Ryan in that order. Uh, let's get to Jim first of all. Jim, welcome to the program. How was your week, Jim? I was going to say, but I was kind of quiet, kind of like one of the KXNO. Yeah, very quiet, yeah. <laughs> and not a lot going on. 
Uh, well done, Jim. Uh, let's go. Kansas City's a seven and a half point favorite over Tennessee. Well, I bet this last night and taking the underdog. Give me the give me the Titans. And the you points. grab the points, or and, uh, did you do it on a mobile app, or did you show up at one of the properties? I make myself actually drive the casino. Otherwise, it's too convenient. Yeah, I gotcha. Smart uh, man. San Francisco <laughs> seven and a half over Green Bay, Jim. I took the Packers in this one took too. In the Packers, taking the points. Uh, basketball tonight. I was a four and a half point favorite over Michigan. Give me the Hawks. Texas Tech. And by the way, I took the Packers outright to win. You so. did? Man, I yeah. hope you're right. I really, truly do. Was it busy up there, Jim? I was out in Riverside. Oh, you I were? I live in southeast Iowa during the, during the week. So, Gotcha. Okay. Um, where were we? Did we do You took the Hawks. How about Texas Tech over Iowa State? Texas Tech, seven and a half point favorite. Uh, give me the Red Raiders. How many total points in both of the championships games will be scored closest without going over? Mm, let's go one one oh eight. One oh eight. Jim, have a good weekend. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh Tom is next. Tom, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Doing fine, thank you. Uh the Chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite over Tennessee. I've got to take my Chiefs. San Francisco seven and a half over Green Bay. Uh let's go with the pack. Uh Iowa tonight is a four and a half point favorite over Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan. Texas Tech tomorrow, 7.5 over Iowa State. Uh, uh, let's go Iowa State. Okay. And how many points will be scored in the championship games? All, te- all four teams uh, closest without going over. 115. 115. Tom, have a good weekend. Oh, you too now, Ken. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Ronnie's next. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on? Not too much. All right, Ryan, let's win some barbecue. The Chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite over Tennessee. Give me the Chiefs. San Francisco seven and a half over Green Bay. Packers. Iowa four and a half over Michigan. Michigan. Texas Tech seven and a half over Iowa State. Iowa State. And total points in the championship games closest without going over, Ronnie. One hundred five. One hundred five. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, Ryan is our final contestant for the week. Claxon's Barbecue, uh, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Hi, Ryan. Hi, folks. Um, all right. Well, we'll take. Uh, well, let me Chiefs. give them. You're going to take, you're gonna take the right. Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half. Okay. Niners. Yep. I think the, they blow them out. Uh, Niners win, but Packers, they're going to keep it close. Packers covers. Packers. Okay. Uh, going with my Hawks, we're going to win big tonight. Big, okay. And, and yep, and then we're uh, rolling with the Red Raiders tomorrow. Rolling Red Raiders, okay. Uh, what about total points in the tiebreaker? Closest without going over. I will say, um, low scoring here. I'm going to go 94 points. 94. Oh. Ryan, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank Thanks. you. Appreciate it. I uh, appreciate Claxons for making this possible. Uh, week in and week out for us to give away some barbecue. Thirty-one, thirty-one, Eighth Street Southwest in Altoona. And Danny Noonan, who reached out to me on Twitter, uh-huh. yes, I will be rooting for your Chiefs. Wow, look at that! Yeah, it's a local team. Look right? at how soft you're getting yeah, in your old my age. old age. I used to have some battles with Chief fans, though. <laughs> I really did. I've heard the stories. All right, back and so. Forth. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Uh, so, what happened last week? Did we were you... both awful. We both went one and four. Oh my god! And we are—we've been over five hundred all year long. Yeah. I was up over sixty percent for a long time, right? And it is—we are keeping our fingernails above five hundred, but with the juice mixed in, 
We're both losing money now. Oh, no. You are now, after last week's performance, 46, yeah. 45, and 4. I'm down. I'm down. If I sweep the board, I may just get above the... I may not. Well, we got the Super Bowl to get through, too, so we can get some redemption there. It's real simple for me. Last week, I took all the dogs, right? Remember the dogs were barking? I thought that was pretty clever, you know, with the little dog sound barking, (laughs) right? (laughs) Didn't work out very well. Uh, I'm going to take the favorites this week. I think the Chiefs will beat the Tennessee Titans and beat them badly. And I think the Niners will pull away late in the football game to win. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we had two of the locals uh, in the Super Bowl? That's the that's the matchup I want to see. But I think George Kittle and the Niners are going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me both favorites, Trent Condon. I'm with you in the second game. And I think San Francisco, I heard a number. Teams that have blown out a team by 20 or more points during the regular season, they face off again in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're 15-3 and three against the number come that second matchup. Not only winning the game, but doing it in a significant fashion the second time they see them. Could see something similar happen here. I think the 49ers, the way they're playing, they're just better. They're just better. I'm hopeful that the Packers are in this game, but I'm with you on that side. Defensive line, Trent, they are so good. D4 coming back in the lineup. Told you the referees, though. Don't call those holding penalties. We'll see if that's the case. But I told you earlier, I'm betting the AFC Championship game two ways. I'm going to lay extra points, not the 7.5, but I'm going to lay 13.5 because I think Kansas City wins in a blowout, or the Tennessee Titans win this thing outright. So how much more do you get when, when you move the point spread the way that you did? Uh, it depends on how far you go. If you go up to 17.5, you're getting upwards of two cent plus 275 money. Mm-hmm. I think at 13.5, it's like plus one. 180, something in that range. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but that's kind of what you're toying around with here. But for our purposes, I'm going to grab those Titans. And maybe it's Andy Reid. Maybe it's just memories of Chiefs fans. You've been talking about Andy Reid. He makes me nervous. I get it. He makes me nervous, and Chiefs fans in general. Think of the good team. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in 50 Mm. years. And the good teams, and the good coaches, Mm -hmm. and... And then how did they lose that game just two years ago against the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round? And that continues to linger for me. So I'm going to grab the points and the Titans, an early difference here this week. I also really do like the under in the Chiefs game. What is the total? 53 and a half. Like, so are they experiencing the weather that we're getting, do you know? Not snow-wise, but cold-wise, okay. I believe, is what they're more looking at. So the running attack of the Titans might be on full. Well, it's going to be anyways, regardless of the weather, but does it give them an edge? I don't know if the, if the conditions. Yeah. It's, I don't think it does. Kid Hill's got to make plays. Well, one of these weeks, <laughs> right? Well, he and he made a couple of beautiful throws. I mean, that touchdown right to begin the game last mm-hmm. week, as good as you're going to find. Going to have to do it more though, because though everybody gears up to slow down Derrick Henry, this is going to be another level. Hitchens has been talking junk. Matthew's has been he? talking a little junk this week. Careful. Oh. They're coming. Yeah. They said, what was Hitchens? Second half, he wears teams down. Hitchens' quote was something along the lines of, you got to hit the legs to take out the engine. I did something see that. that. Yes, yeah. I did see that, come to think of it. Ah, looking forward to it. Let's get a couple of good games. Doesn't That's seem what like I we, want. We get one of these as a clunker, and usually the uh, one of the two is okay. 2.05 and 5.40 in the afternoon, so that'll end the uh, end the sports. We- well, we're all, everybody's off on Monday. When we come back, we'll be on the FM dial. Unbelievable. So you're working this afternoon for Murphy. You know, you've, yep. uh, you deserve a lot of credit because you've had some arrows shot your way and you did nothing wrong. <laughs> you really and truly didn't. Um, I think, look, social media is really good. It's really bad. And I thought that you were treated 
from some people. Yeah, not very. I'm going to stick up for my partner. Here, well, thank you. I, yeah. I do appreciate that. And to be honest, I thought there was going to be a lot more. It Did was, you? It was few and far between, and I get mm-hmm. it. And I get people being upset. And hey, being you up. have every right to. Be, you yeah. had every right to be. But mm-hmm. here's the here's the bottom line. It all worked out well. It worked out. <laughs> this worked out better. It did. Get an FM signal out of this starting on Tuesday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Morning rush. Back. Now, I don't think the, sun, the Saturday morning pregame is on tomorrow. I wish I would have found that out for sure. Emery will be in at 4 today, so he'll let, well, the he'll let know. us know. Well, he'll let us know. Okay. Uh, whether they're going to be on the air tomorrow or not. But on Tuesday at 6 a.m., you can... Flip your dial to 106.3 or can leave it here for 1460 because it's going to be the same programming. I don't, how are we going to brand this? That's you know? a great question. That's something that needs to be figured out. Is it simply just KXNO? Hope so. They talked about the call letters with KFAN. Yeah, it's and, changing. And now yeah. flipping over to the... Now, I don't believe there's an FM that has the same call letters. I'm going to guess yeah, that. I would, no, I don't think so. Van Harden and Jeff Kahn were the two that uh, came up with KXNO way back... Was it 2000 or 2001? 2001 is what I've Jan- seen. January 1st. On the Wikipedia page for that. That I wonder if there's another paragraph on the Wikipedia page. That thing is getting long. The book's getting better. It is. One day it'll be written. Who's going to be your ghostwriter for it? Hmm. To be determined? Uh, TBD. Uh, We will be back on Tuesday. Everybody will be back on Tuesday. Yes. How about that? Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the long weekend. 1460 AM.